0: Love, talk, radio. Hello, Town and welcome to Federal Baseball's Nat's Nightly Weekly, where we're taking a break from reading Chris Ware's building stories to talk about the week that was and what's to come for the Washington Nationals. House, welcome to the show yet again. Let's start with Max, period, Scherzer, period. What a performance against the Rays this week. Not only did he strike out 13 of 28 batters, he held Tampa Bay to five hits, two earned runs that came in his last inning when he slowed down a bit. But he threw 81 of 99 pitches for strikes, which who does that? And uh, threw an immaculate inning, nine pitches, nine strikes, three Ks. Second time he's done that in his career. I found a quote from Rays Skipper, Kevin Cash, after the game, talking about the 81 pitches and uh, 81 strikes out of 99 pitches. He basically said, guys, just don't do that. There's a lot of good pitchers in this league, but for a guy to just sit there and pound the strike zone the way he did and not give up hard hits, it's really telling about how special of a pitcher he is. Mike Rizzo was on the Sports Junkies yesterday talking about how special uh, Scherzer is. He said, you're seeing something magical here. You're seeing a future Hall of Famer get after it every five days in our city, and it's fun to watch. Hard to argue with that. Uh, Double-digit Ks on the regular, two immaculate innings, as I mentioned, two no-hitters, a 20K game, two straight Cy Young awards. I think I'm going to look back on this at some point in my life and be very happy. I watched every start he's made with the Nationals, but just every time he goes out there, something's going to happen. It's just a, a joy to watch, basically, as a baseball fan and especially a fan of pitching. What he does out there, just really amazing on a every five day basis.
1: Yeah, there, there's there's really no question about that. Uh, although, if I can just be that guy for a little bit here, uh, relax, everyone. It's the Rays. But uh, even so, these these are major league hitters, and it was it was a remarkable performance. Uh, I, I'm still not tired of it. I still don't think I'm getting totally jaded about it. I have to say, uh, when I was at that game, I was talking to one of the other season ticket holders about Iovaldi because he was throwing almost as many strikes as Max was. But I guess I just don't expect it out of other pitchers as much as I do out of Scherzer. Uh, so I said, "Oh wow, you know he's you know got." 80 pitches up and you know 60 some for strikes at that point in the game, and then you know a, a similar or slightly more alarmingly good stat comes up for Max and I, I just kind of shrugged. Um, it, it, it's 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 uh, one of those things that it makes this a a, a great time to be a Nats fan. Uh, watching him pitch every fifth day, watching him to come in and pinch hit late in a game. Uh, <laughs> you know we talked about this last week that he's been as worth as much as any two other players on the team. uh, If you look at wins above replacement, and I I think if you add in his value as, as a hitter and a base runner, he's getting close to being worth as much as any three other players on the team. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but not not as much of one as, uh, as, as you might think off the top. He's, he is some kind of player having some
0: kind of season right now just counting up this i think 10 out of 12 starts here he's gone over 100 pitches uh, 121 114 111 110 and a few of them any concerns just about a little bit of burnout Uh, i think we've seen some slowing towards the end of the season the last couple seasons he's still pretty darn good even after He's made, you know, his 30 starts or so in a season. But uh, any concern about the way he's being handled so far? I'm not too worried about it. Max is, you know, he's a consummate athlete. He's very well conditioned. Uh, Just any concern about the way they're using him so far? Would you like to see them maybe dial him back a little bit and try to keep some for the end of the season? Are you you happy with the way he's going? I don't think he...
1: There have been maybe one or two games. Uh, I want to say two starts ago when he came out to pitch with 116 already. And I think he got out of the, the inning on less than 10 pitches or before he was pulled. I don't actually re- recall whether he finished the inning or not. Uh, but, you know, he, he seems to come back from the longer outings fairly well. He does, You don't see a sharp drop off on his next start. Uh, at, at some point you just have to sit back and say, look, here's how we we handle the normal superhuman athletes who are MLB starters. You know, among them, he is a like double superhuman extra freak of nature with his durability and endurance. So uh, maybe we just need to recalibrate our expectations uh, as to what it takes to make someone tired when you're Max Scherzer. Um, Of course, I'm, I'm still going to wail and gnash my teeth every time he throws more than a hundred pitches in the, in the second half of the season, uh, refer me back to this podcast and, and tell me to relax when, uh, when I start doing that.
0: I'd like to tell some of the national fans to relax and have some patience, but I'm kind of running out of patience with, uh, waiting for Daniel Murphy to play. I want him a hundred percent when he comes back, but uh, I sent you a, a video, uh, Mick Reinhardt covers the double A senators, sent a video out a super cut basically of uh, Murphy struggling to run in the field and play the field on defense Uh, Washington Post writer Chelsea James talked to a scout that said he still didn't look great out there Uh, still a little hitching his giddy up as kids in the old west like to say Uh, Rizzo told the junkies yesterday that the hitting is there. He has had plenty of at-bats. Now it's about lateral movement on defense, uh, deceleration as he tries to trust the knee again after surgery. I think uh, they've kind of been saying it's a lot of mental at this point, just getting to the point where you don't worry about what you're doing out there on the field, which kind of makes sense uh at this point though i'm guessing uh, we're looking at like around the all-star break it, it, a little before if not after the all-star break for murphy and personally i just miss murphy's swing uh, as much as i heart wilmer depot and i do heart wilmer depot i kind of want daniel murphy back in this lineup taking pitches and putting together good at bats but i don't want him back until he's 100 percent as he said at one point this season he only wants to come off the dl once And uh you know not come back, have something go wrong, and end up back on it and missing more time, which would be a disappointment for everyone. but what do you think of that video and uh, what do you think about the possibility of getting Murphy back at some point, hopefully before the all star break, but at some point this season at least okay this this shows the, the level of
1: sacrifice I'm willing to make for this podcast that I was deliberately trying not to watch that video after I heard about it and saw it in a couple of places, and oh. <laughs> It was, it was slightly more cringy than, than I was expecting it to be him flat footed, unable to get anything on that, on that ball that he was thrown to first in that, that first little snippet where it, it looked like he just didn't want to take a step. He didn't want to put any weight on that leg. I realized that might be, you know, a few days old, a couple of weeks old and this is, this is probably a low light reel for the purpose of illustrating how bad it could be, but Oh my gosh, he, he did not look a hundred percent. I'll put it that way to, to apply some diplomacy to this assessment here. Um, Hmm. He's not, he's, he's an adequate defender at a hundred percent. I don't want to see the second coming of Dan Ugla defensively at the keystone here. Um, so having him able to move, able to run out uh, a, a grounder, um, gosh, able to get something on a throw, th- that really all needs to be there before we see him back up in the in, in the majors. Much as it, it it cringes me to see the thinness of uh, of the middle infield depth on the team right now, um, getting him up anything like he looked in those clips is is not going to be helpful. Um, I, I miss having him in the big, big league clubhouse, but uh, he's just not going to help if that's the contribution he's going to bring. Is he going to get there by the, by the break? I don't know. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I hope a hundred percent at this point, I, I feel like it's going to be, you know, right at the end of the season. And, you know, he's just going to be integrating back up into the, into the being at the majors and then the season's going to be over. Uh, let's let's hope it it works out a little better than that. I, I I don't have that much room for optimism based on every other injured Nat ever.
0: <laughs> I was going to add to yeah. I've just I'm sure we've mentioned this on the show before, but it just one too many players over the years where. They come back mid-season. They're not up to uh, speed with the rest of the league. You end up hearing about it a few weeks in where, you know, we're never able to get quite up to speed at the end of the season. They'll finally admit that. But hopefully he can get up here in time and get some a in and get going. Uh, as you mentioned, he's an adequate defender at 100%. So I don't know uh, how he's going to be covering second base at this point with, you know, whatever he's at now, 75%, 80%. So get better, Daniel. We all miss your swing. It's going to work in some sort of damn Daniel reference there, but we'll just move on to Adam Eaton, <laughs> eligible to come off the DL, DL this weekend. Uh, four rehab games so far between Potomac and Harrisburg, but Michael A. Taylor is heating up, 315, 373, 611, six doubles, two triples, two home runs in his last 13, 15 games, I should say, uh, which is selective editing, a small sample size to help M. A. T- Michael A. Taylor, who still has a 215, 281, 378 line on the year. Uh, he said he's getting comfortable at the plate yesterday, though, been doing a lot of work with Kevin Long to try to shorten his swing and make sure he's swinging at pitches in the zone, which is helpful for sure. Uh, Juan Soto doesn't have any issues with that. Uh, great plate discipline from the 19-year-old so far. 346, 443, 538 line, four doubles, two home runs, nine walks and nine Ks in the major league career. Uh, assume one, assuming no one is sitting Bryce Harper in his 18 home runs down. How are you lining things back up when uh, when Eaton's back up here, as I mentioned, eligible to come off this weekend? Uh, Rizzo said previously that Soto was up here and he's planning, he's going to play every day wherever he is. Uh, that was part of the deal with him coming up with Davey Martinez. Uh, the easy solution it would be to send him out, I guess, double-A AA or triple-A. They have nine relievers right now, though, so they could get rid of a reliever and keep all of their outfielders, maybe work Eaton back in slowly and kind of, make sure he's at 100% before you start putting him out there on an everyday basis. But uh, you put on your GM or your manager's hat, uh, what are you doing with the outfield mix once Eaton's available? I know we've discussed this before, but any uh, different thoughts from what you've seen from MAT over the last week or two? Well, if if Eaton comes back 100%, even with,
1: with Michael Taylor's sort of halting mini resurgence, and uh, as as you just noted, his OBP still isn't up over 300 uh, I think you have to look at Eaton, Soto, and Harper as your top three outfielders. And even if it means accepting some, some circus in center field, uh, I, I think this moves Taylor and Goodwin to the four and five spots. Uh, they become the late inning defensive replacements. Um, maybe the, the specialists or, or platoon fill-ins to give some people some rest uh, I'm sure they can get some, some regular a- A.B.s for M.A.T., but I, I don't think he's a starter anymore once Eaton comes back if Eaton looks good. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take him to get back into the swing of things if he needs to be the, the fourth guy for a while, but I'm I don't, i I'm not sure if Davey's going to be willing to do this given how good M.A.T. has been defensively this year and uh, the sort of emphasis of the club on defense. Uh, that they'll be willing to accept a step back by putting, gosh, I don't, I don't know if you'd, you'd want to put Eaton there or or give Soto a try uh, or accept the, that risk of, of putting a little more wear on the player by having him be in center field like that. Uh, but honestly, I, I think that's where you would get the most production is going with those three at the top
0: cat daddy's going to be very mad at us for saying this again for the second week but i do tend to agree with you i really like what we've seen from michael a taylor in the last couple of weeks uh, i liked what i saw from him all of last year pretty much especially towards the end and then the postseason when he really turned it on and kind of showed you the player that we've been hearing he could be all of these years uh he kind of reverted to the player that he has been at the beginning of this season showing signs of life now that was uh we kind of like to see him keep getting an opportunity. Uh, Davey Martinez has kind of come out and said he's my center fielder. Uh, we know their GMs and managers are not, however, bound by anything they tell the press. So we'll see what they do when they, when, when they have to make that decision. Uh, two quick questions before we wrap up here. Draft just wrought, wrought, uh, wraps up. The Nationals went pitching heavy again uh took a high schooler with their first round pick i thought it was kind of interesting like mike rizzo said uh we went for the upside here he's a pr- supreme athlete great stuff great body he looks like a college player already he's eight 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 he said it, they got a guy got a guy got a guy the a uh, projectable top of the rotation starter instead of a guy who's coming out of college they know what he is and he's probably a back-end starter they went with someone with a guy with a little potential some upside in the projections uh just generally speaking, I, I don't get the feeling there's a lot of interest in the draft and among national fans. I know you're at the games all the time talking to fellow national fans. Uh, where are you on the draft, and do you, do you get the same feeling? Are people interested in the draft? Are you know, D.C. fans kind of waiting for these to, uh, players to get a lot of press and to get up before they get interested? just What's your feel of the interest in the draft and the nation's capital? I, I think it's just been such a shift since the
1: years when the, Nape, when the Nats were, were so bad. All we had to, all we had as fans to look forward to, was the, the thought of drafting an exciting prospect. Uh, I mean, I remember the hype about Ross Detweiler for, for crying out loud. Um, it that's that's been a lot of fun when you didn't have success on the field to look to. I think now. The, the fans are really invested in seeing the team succeed and and get to the playoffs and have success in the playoffs. Uh, and interest in the draft is, is almost kind of, even though it's looking forwards, it's backwards looking in the sense of that was what we did when the team wasn't good. Uh, we, we had to think about the draft. Now, the draft is still important, I'll grant you, and projecting out what the team's going to be like and how it's going to be competitive in the division over even – the next year or two years, much less the next three or four, that's a really interesting and challenging exercise. And this is going to be where Rizzo's really going to make his money. But uh, at, at, at this point, p- people just want to see the team get to the postseason and do well there.
0: Feeling I get to, and we're going to wrap it up here, because we're both taking some time away from our work to talk. I did want to ask you about... Uh... What you think the where you would address any trade deadline needs with that coming up? But we have what six seven weeks at this point to worry about that. So we'll talk about that next time. I should also mention that the top pick this year, his name was Mason Dannenberg, uh, big right hander, high schooler. So it, it, there are a lot of interesting players in that draft. I well, I stuck with the first two rounds and watched as much as I could. The third round, I kind of had completely lost interest at that point because they're players I just never heard of and interesting <laughs> to see what they did there. Uh, interesting to see which ones sign and what they get out of it but I always like the draft more for the fact that you see a bunch of kids finally living out their dream and getting drafted and getting to play professional baseball which is great to see but We'll talk about that some more and talk about trade deadline needs next time on Nats Nightly. We'll wrap it up here. Coming up, three with the Giants. Stephen Strasburg versus Andrew Suarez tomorrow night, seven o five in the Nation's Capital. Six and five, three two zero ERA for uh, Strasburg. Two and four, four seven four for Suarez. But he is a lefty who's been giving the Nationals all kinds of trouble this year. So we'll see what happens with that. Nats Nightly Weekly is sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Good to talk to you again, Doghouse, and see you at the park in the next
1: couple weeks. Let's go next.